Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Alrighty, hello there and welcome to your Ultimate Life, episode 560. This is one of my favorite topics today, and I know I say that a lot because there are a lot of favorite topics that I have, but this one is really special because it's at the core of getting anything done. It really is the driver if we're going to make any change from where we are right now to living that ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that we create, you and me, we create it with our own thoughts, behavior, hands, mouth, and everything. That life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that we create by serving with our divine gifts. Today's episode I called Choosing the Change. And I've had this as the one following yesterday, recognizing the change or recognizing the need for change. That followed Ben and James's episode on helping people scrap old ideas and thoughts and feelings that are really not serving us anymore. That is such an easy thing to say, such a hard thing to do. Like you might know that there are things that you do that aren't serving you and something has to happen to choose to change that. I'll give you an example. My wife, Joy, forever was a huge consumer of Diet Coke. And essentially, I would have said, you know, she's somebody that was addicted to caffeine. And, you know, I don't know definition of addicted, but she drank more cans of that than anyone, than any two people I've ever known in my life put together. And we talked about it, and she knew that, you know, there are probably some things not to do, you know, reasons not to do that and so forth. She would cut back and change to Pepsi sometimes for some reason, all this stuff, until finally she had a couple of hypertensive crises. One was several years ago, and she went to the hospital, and it was quite serious, and she was on medication, and et cetera, et cetera, and knew she had to cut back. They told her to cut it out, cut caffeine out. She wasn't a coffee drinker anyway. So she did cut it out and was diligent about it for a while, and then gradually it sort of crept back in until it happened again. For several, three days in a row, she ended up in ER feeling just not okay. And that feeling not okayness led her again to realize her blood pressure was out of control. A part of it was stress. She was doing a lot and we're taking care of her mom and she's running several business ventures and there's no pressure, but she had a lot she was doing. So she's my back end in terms of my coaching business. She does our funnels and runs our contractors. She has an online eBay business she does out of love and all that sort of thing. And all of those things added together just were a lot of pressure. That combined with caffeine and other stuff led her to have this hypertension situation again. So this time she just swore we're done. So she quit buying it and quit drinking it. Now she's completely free 
of any cola or caffeine-containing beverage, other than maybe the odd time when we'll go through the drive-thru, and that's all there really is that she likes. So she's essentially completely chosen that change. One of the points that I want to make about change is that often suffering drives change. I don't know why we wait until we are suffering before we choose to change. Some people say, well, the pain of change has to be less than the pain of staying the same. I'm not sure why that has to be true. It is true. We see it all all over the place. I've got clients who don't want to change what they're doing because, you know, lots of phrases, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, and, uh, you know, all the reasons, habits, and et cetera, et cetera. The bottom line, though, is that suffering does drive change. And when you have come to a place where you say no more, maybe you've been kicked in the teeth like she was with this hypertensive crisis twice. Maybe it is a financial reversal. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a divorce or coming face to face with a terrible situation certainly was for me earlier in my life as I struggled with addictions and depression. Some people talk about hitting rock bottom when you've lost everything and you're homeless on the street. That never happened to me. I know people to whom it has happened. That kind of suffering drives change. It doesn't have to be that way. If there are things you want to change in your life, you don't have to wait till you're dying at death's door, have lost something, somebody dies, or you attempt suicide, or some other horrific event. You you don't need to wait, because suffering is not just a massive pain that is inflicted on your life, health, or financial, or anything like that. Here is another way I look at suffering that I've learned after all the things that have happened to me. What are the things that I'm missing that I could do all the opportunities to serve, all the opportunities to lift and bless and help somebody do good, be and good, have good. Holy cow. Sometimes when I have thought about that and think about that, that drives me to change. That is a different kind of suffering because we often think of suffering as hunger or thirst or something physical. That kind of mental or spiritual anguish it's, it's a little bit anguish. I mean, I missed all these opportunities. That drives change. Another thing that is a gentler and a higher form of that is all the opportunities I've missed and all the opportunities that are staring me in the face right now. Now, I, like you, I know there's nothing we can change about the past. I can't do one single thing about what happened yesterday or last week or last month or 10 years ago. What I can do And what I choose to do is to take that realization and say, never again. Starting right now, I will do this differently. I choose this change. And so today's episode, choosing the change, is about that. And whether your suffering is because you've hit some wall or because you simply have chosen to give in to that yearning. Like, we all have the yearning to do and to be better. I, if I had a dollar, 
or every time I heard a client, a potential client or someone I'm just talking to say, I love to help people. I love to do good. I just don't know how to do it. I don't have time. I've got all these obligations and things. If I had a dollar for every time I'd heard that, I'd be a billionaire. It's a myth. You have time. You have opportunity right there staring you in the face. But it does involve change. Because if you choose to continue to live your life like you do now, then you'll continue to have the time you have now. You'll continue to miss the opportunities you miss now. Change doesn't have to be painful, but it does mean work. Now, there are some things that you're trying to do that are going to be painful. If you've got a bad habit, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be atrocious like some of mine were, but if you've got a bad habit wasting time or using a lot of social media or playing a lot of games or passing opportunities or downplaying your own talents, those can all change. One of the most prevalent I see is people speaking poorly to themselves. Oh, I got nothing. I got no time. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Who, me? No, I don't. I heard a talk today in church, and I heard the individual there say at least 10 things depreciating their own skill. Well, you know, I can't remember this, and I'm not very good at that. And, you know, self-depreciation is a humorous uh, element of a talk is sometimes funny and useful. But this person was serious and depreciating their own abilities, and it made me, the talk was a good talk, but it made me sad because most of those things are simply not true. And even if they are true, and this is a key point, even if they're true, that means it's only true up to now. I may have been the most disorganized person in the world, but if I stamp myself on the forehead, I am disorganized, that carries an air, an air of permanence. I can say instead, you know, I've been disorganized up to now, but that stops today. I've been unkind up to now, but that stops today. I've been inconsiderate up to now, but that stops today. Shakespeare wrote about that in one of the plays, I think it was As You Like It, where uh, one guy hated his brother and he kept trying to kill him and his brother kept forgiving him and then something happened and the brother who was the object of the death attempts saved the other brother who was the perpetrator of the death events. The perpetrator then completely changed who he was being and never, you know, felt love and completely changed. And later in the play, some ladies said to him, yeah, but aren't you the guy that, you know, did all this bad stuff? And he simply said, yes, twas I, tis not I. And representing the fact that, yeah, I was that way and no more. Well, I want to let you understand an eternal and powerful truth. The chains of your past habits can be dropped today. What? Yes, the chains of your past habits can be dropped right this minute. We have a story. Oh, it's so hard to do. If I were going to give you a billion dollars to never do a certain thing again, you'd figure out a way. Why? Because a billion dollars motivates you. Maybe. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you wouldn't care about a billion dollars. That's just an example. But so often, if someone says, well, I can't do that, and I said, well, if I'm going to give you a billion dollars right now to do that, could you do it? Oh, man, I'd figure out a way. So it's an issue of motivation. You can drop the chains of any habit you choose if you want to bad enough. If you tell me you can't and then you can if I were going to give you a billion dollars, 
and I literally dangled a billion dollars right there in front of you and you got excited and said you'd do it, you know what? You could do it anyway. That means you possess the ability to do it. You just don't have the motivation. Well, motivation is a choice. Motivation is an internal dialogue. The billion-dollar motivation, a billion dollars by itself won't do anything. What happens is you see that, and then you create the internal motivation to make something happen. That's what happens at that moment. Now, whether it's a billion dollars or the knowledge that you will be a different person or repairing a relationship that's damaged or achieving a difficult goal, finishing a book you're writing or whatever it is, the only thing that's missing is your choice. So what happens when you choose to change is then you have a second fork in the road because you might be suffering. You might be suffering physically in some of the ways we talked about or spiritually, or some other way that isn't life-threatening, but it's something you're no longer happy with. So the first thing we do is we choose. I choose to no longer be the person that does this. I am now the person that does that. This can be diet, exercise, eating, health, spiritual health, money, anything. There is a second choice that comes on the heels of that first choice. We implicitly know what that second choice is, but we often don't make it. What we do is the first choice, as we say, a new thing. That's like New Year's resolutions, which is coming up here pretty soon. It's December 2021 as I make this podcast. I don't know when you'll hear it, but that's what it is right now. That means New Year's is coming soon and people will be making resolutions, especially coming out of the pandemic. The New Year's going to whatever. What's missing after that choice is another C word, and that is commitment. Commitment is an overused, misunderstood word, and let's talk about what it really means. A commitment is not just a strong statement. I really will, I swear, I'm going to do that no matter what. Bang, slam your fist on the table. That's just the very first tip of the iceberg of commitment. If you're really committed to something, like you might be if someone, if I use the money example, if that motivates you, a billion dollars, then you'd do more than just scream that thing. You'd call some friends, you'd enlist some help, you'd buy alarm clocks, you would do a whole bunch of other things to make absolutely certain you delivered on that promise. You wouldn't leave it to chance. Let's use a silly example. If I said the billion dollars was, if you got up at 4.30 every morning for a month, you'd buy 15 alarm clocks, have a whole 27 people call you, you do whatever it took if you knew that there was absolutely no room for error or excuse and it depended on 100% compliance. That is commitment. So a commitment is a process to put whatever machinery or safeguards in place to make certain absolutely that you deliver on your promise. That is a commitment. So when you choose to change, it starts with a declaration. It follows with a commitment, which is putting in place whatever safeguards, assistance mechanisms, coaching, or whatever has to happen to guarantee delivery. That is commitment. When you learn that process to identify changes you really want, 
then make a choice. Do they rise to the level of a commitment? If they do, then go about putting in place those safeguards to guarantee delivery. Making a different habit, being someone different is not that difficult. It simply requires taking the actions of guaranteeing delivery that are represented by a firm commitment. So when you choose to change, choose the commitment. I promise if you do that, you'll have way less struggles and way less difficulties as you move down the road to create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your